Welcome to the Shallow Dive on Koheles, the book of Ecclesiastes. Join us as we explore the treasures gathered by King Solomon. I hope you enjoy it. Pegvav Pasuk Aleph, 6-1. Yesh ra'a asher ro'isi tachas hashamesh. There is an evil that I have seen under the sun. Virabohi al ha'adam. And it is great upon man. Targum is pretty similar. It's bishasa tachazes. There is an evil that I have seen. Ba'almadein. In this world. Techos shimsha. Under the sun. Virabsohi al b'nei and it is great upon the sons of man. Rashi says, This is a, an evil that afflicts many people. Mitzudah's David says, It is a great affliction. Upon man. So we're leading into the next verse, but there are different implications of Rabbo. In Mitsudas he saw in Mitsudas Tsiani says the Rabba Gidolo. Kemo al Kol Rav Beso. Great. The Baal term quotes a number of places in Tanakh that the word virabah in that form is found. And he synthesizes from them an idea. What is the great evil? Okay, in virabah ha'azuvah bekerva aretz, shehaaretz ta'azov mehem virabah lecho chayasasodim. The land will produce a bounty, but the land will forsake to the wild beasts, the bounty, and you'll have a proliferation of those wild beasts in the field. Not unlike what we see happening in Australia today, the terrible plague of mice in the wake of a huge bumper crop. As Sforna says, the rabbi al ha'adam, this evil that he has seen, Bikara al rov hamina anoshi. It happens by most people. A common problem. So Pasuk Beis, verse 2. Ish ashayitin lo Elohim, a man that God has given to him, Oshe, wealth, unechosim, and properties, vechovot, and honor, glory. And there's nothing lacking to his soul from all that he would desire. And God does not give him the power to actually eat from it. For a foreign man will consume it will be sustained through it. Zehevel. 
This is a vanity. Vachali rahu. And a sickening evil. The Targum explains what this is. Givardi havle Adonai b'mazle. A man that God has given to him in his fortune, osar, wealth, vikar, and glory, v'nichsin, and assets. I don't know why the Targum switches the order, but he does. V'lishohi machsar l'nafshe mikol di Yisrael. And he is not lacking for his soul from anything that he desires or will desire. Velo ashlete Adonai al And God has not placed him in a position of power over it on account of his sins. Limitamine to taste from it, to, to benefit from it. Elohim rather, Yemus belovalot. He will die without children. Velo chos kerive la achasanuse glei, and his relative his relatives will not be the beneficiaries of this wealth that he had worked in his lifetime to acquire. Arum intese tehe misnasva lekavar chilonai. His wife, the widow, will marry somebody unrelated to him, no connection to him. And that second husband of his wife will reap the benefits of his assets. He will inherit it and he will eat it. All of this is brought to him on account of his sins. Because he did not utilize his wealth to do good. And his wealth turned, was switched. To be for him something of vanity. And a sickening evil. So he had something that was a blessing. He pursued sinfulness and it ended up being a snare, something of which he has no residual benefit from at all. Let's see how Rashi explains it. Osher v'nichsin, wealth and assets. L'fi pshuto kemashmal. This verse can be understood in a simple sense. V'lo yashliteno Elohim and he will not be given the power by God to eat from this wealth. Rashi explains to be satiated with his lot, to rejoice in it, to have satisfaction from his wealth. He's drawn to engage through cutthroat practices, immoral practices, anything to increase his wealth. Similar to the verse, the prophet Habakkuk, 
and it is like death, and he will not be satiated. Also, he was not given the power to do with his wealth tzedakah, to make acts of righteousness his legacy in order that he has future benefit from his wealth. Somebody else will take this money. He will use this wealth for good, for righteousness, for supporting the poor. And that person will derive benefit from this wealth. So this idea, Rashi is working on the apparent contradiction within the verse. It starts by saying, after he has been given all this blessing, and he has nothing lacking from all that he would desire, nonetheless, God has not empowered him to eat from it, to be sustained from this wealth. Rashi says that means he has not been empowered to utilize it for his benefit. He has all this wealth and he's driven in an unhealthy manner to pursue the increase of this wealth in, in a blind fashion, an immoral fashion, but not with an actual purpose. He's not been empowered to utilize it in a way that will truly benefit him and others. So although he can have gains from it in a certain sense, whatever he desires, he can have, but he is not given over by God because he is not worthy the power to utilize it for good. That's the way Rashi is explaining it on one face of it. There's a Medrash Haggadah, he says, that's referring to Divrei Torah. What is the wealth that is the subject matter here? Osher, unachasim, v'chavod. Wealth and assets and glory. That's referring to Mishnah, Mikra, Mishnah, and, and Agadah. So the written Torah and the Mishnah is the condensed form of the oral law that is the opening entry to Tarsh and Agada is another facet of Tarsh it is the opening to the heart if you will moral teachings of Agada so this is something that a person may be get, gifted with Mikra, Mishnah and Agada Nonetheless, he is not given over the full power of this wealth. If he has not achieved a fluency within the grasp of Talmud, he has not merited to achieve understanding with Talmud, then he's not actually able to access the fruits of Mikra, Mishnah, and Agada. 
Bishum Dvar Hara. He cannot benefit from the Torah he has in a manner of get, gaining an insight into Hara, what is the directive that he should pursue or should not pursue for himself or for others. He's lacking that key if he does not have Talmud. Ki ish yochlenu, a foreign person will eat from it. Who is the one that will derive that benefit to achieve Dvar Hora, the ability to have an issue of Sak, to give a true directive of the divine will that requires a Baal Gemara, somebody who is a master of the Talmud. Mitsudas David explains as follows Ish. I've seen, King Solomon says, such a person, this prototype. Vikavod, what is the honor, the glory that he's describing? Minabrius. He is treated with honor and glory by other people. He's describing somebody that has it all. Clout. Social capital. He got, he's got a lot of likes. A lot of followers. And this widens a person's heart and brings him a sense of rejoicing. And there's nothing lacking for his soul. He is not lacking the ability to provide for himself anything that he desires. He has the capacity to provide for himself the fulfillment of whatever he would desire. There is nothing lacking to this person. Nonetheless, God has not given him the power and the capacity to actually derive benefit from this wealth, Kihito Eslovovo, the Kamat. He's turned his heart to stinginess. So although he has the wherewithal to essentially utilize his wealth in any manner to his benefit, this machlo, this common affliction of stinginess is a, a terrible uh, illness, if you will, that holds him back from utilizing his wealth. Ish nachri, a foreign person, hazar mimenu, that is not related to him, she'en oro that is not fit to inherit him, hu yochal osher, this person will consume the wealth, ki it will pass to his hands and he will derive the benefit from it. Zeheva. This is vanity. The gathering of all this wealth was without purpose or benefit for him. This is a painful evil. When he sees another person 
benefiting from what he has toiled to acquire. It's Matsudas David's interpretation. So it's in his life. Doesn't mean necessarily inherit him after his death. The eating of the Ishnachri could be in his face. The Talmud Chachma says, Isha shayitin lo, mimale kol Somebody who's fulfilled all of his desires in this world, ubasof, at the end, v'lo God has not empowered him to eat and be sustained from this wealth. A foreign person, a stranger to him, will consume this wealth. And this is vanity. And an evil, a sickening evil. It is a very great evil. The uh, burning of Jealousy is a, a fire, if you will. He sees the toil of all of his days now in the power of another, in the hand of another. And he is not in control of his wealth. And this is an expression of the rebuke in Devarim Chavches Lamed Aleph. Deuteronomy 28.31 One of the curses is that a person will see their ox slaughtered before their eyes, but they will not eat from it. This is vanity and a sickening evil. Something that is lost. Once it's gone, the wealth can be forgotten from his heart. Kiven she'enaruhu. At a sight, at a mind, it's gone. But to a degree, what's worse than that, the case of this verse is more pernicious. You have something that doesn't go away. He's going to see somebody else, not related to him, not coming from his disposition of his wealth and this person is sitting in control of it and deriving benefit from it and the person who toiled to amass this wealth has no portion in it this is a great and powerful evil this is a sickening evil that doesn't dissipate is not forgotten from the heart the person is sitting on top of this wealth and consistently deriving benefit from it and he over there is disenfranchised but the wealth is still there. As Farno explains, God did not empower him to eat and be sustained from this wealth in his life. Rather, a foreign person will consume it after his death. And he will not even merit to bequeath this wealth to his relatives. This too is vanity. Comes out in the analysis of his life. He toiled so much. 
to achieve a purpose that was fairly meaningless. Does not benefit him. He toiled, but not for himself. He's not connected to this in a meaningful way. This is a, a sickening evil. This can occur sometimes due to an estrangement among relatives. And this is an illness that should be disparaged. It's, it's a low type of problem. They can't get along with his family. This is an evil that he might sin through, through this. Comes out that he has lost his time and his toil to achieve this wealth that is only bringing him guilt. Let's take a look at the next Pasuk. If a man would give birth to a hundred children, and live for many years, and as numerous as they may, might be, the years of his life, and his soul will not become satiated from the good that he was given, and even burial he will not have. Omarti, King Solomon declares, Tov mimenu hanofel. Better than him is the fetus that dies before it's born. Targum explains this Pasik. In Yolid Gavar Meabonin, if a man gives birth to a hundred sons, Ushnin Sagin, and many years he should live. Uvishal Tanusa, Virabanusa, Udiyahon, you may shnohi. Vinashe lo savas min tavas, atavsa. So he's given over the blessings, family, life, wealth, and his spirit is not satisfied. From the good. Obviously, he was given good, but his spirit is not satisfied from it. Al dirachim al asre. Because he loved his wealth. So he didn't want to utilize it. Velo konamine shemotavo. He did not utilize his wealth to acquire for himself a good name. Af base kivurta. Lo havas mezamnole, even a burial plot he will not have prepared for himself. Amoris ana bememri, I say, declares King Solomon, by my word, detav mine, better than him, shalila, de lo chaza al the fetus that was never born into this world, never saw this world. So this person was given all this bounty and benefit and wealth and all these gifts, but he was 
afflicted with the inability to utilize it, to even take care of his burial. Better than him is the fetus who is given essentially very little. Never, never got to see this world at all. Rashi explains as follows. His man gives birth to a hundred sons. Virav Rav Loshan Dai. Dai Tova. He was given adequate years to achieve any good. And his soul was not satisfied from that good. He is never able to feel a sense of satisfaction with his lot. To be cooled, to have a spirit of satisfaction from what is in his hand. He felt a, a constant drive to amass, but never got to appreciate what he had. And even burial he did not have. Sometimes a person is killed. Vikolovim ochlin oso. And dogs consume his corpse. All of these are to be found in King Ahab. He had many children. He had much wealth. And nonetheless, he was jealous of others. He wanted the vineyard of Novos. He was not satisfied with his own wealth. He did not have a burial. Dogs consumed his corpse. Better a fetus that never was born to such a person. This is not a life that King Solomon views as valuable. A life that lacked any appreciation for all the blessings that the person was given. In Sudastav it says, A person is generally brought to rejoicing by having children. Nachas. Greatness and the glory that he may have in his years. But he never felt satisfaction from all the good. Because his desires were never fulfilled through anything. He did not have. Rather, the beasts of the field consumed the good. Better than one who has had such experience. Better than him is the fetus that was never born. As Fono explains, 
איש מאה. ואמרתי שהתכלס המושג בזה, if a man gives birth, has a hundred sons. The Svona explains, and I have said that the purpose to be achieved through this wealth, ha'osher, asher lo yizkazeh ha'asher lahanospo, that this man who is wealthy will not benefit lo l'chaylon v'lo l'chayesha, not in an eternal sense, and not even in the here and now. Hutachlis gerumaod is a very sorry purpose that he toils for. Ki amna im yolid ish mea v'chein yiskelebonim. If a person gives birth to a hundred and merits to have children, b'shonim rabos yichye and has a life of many years, v'im ze yiskel orach yamim and has a long life, v'rav shia yimei chayav, yimei shanav, and as much as shall be the days of his life, gam shiyaspik zeh be'eno v'yismach bo, even if this is adequate in his eyes, and he would rejoice in it, ba'ofen sh'orach yomav im habonim yiu etzlo be'eno yimei shnei chayim, afalpi shiyu chayetzah. If he would consider the years that he has with his children, years of life, even if there's challenges and suffering within that frame, and his soul is not sated from the good, he doesn't acquire in his soul any hope for an eternal wealth that he can rejoice in. He's, he's only focused in the pleasures of this world, even the less base pleasures of this world. He's not going to utilize his gifts for anything that will sustain him eternally. Vigam kvura lo And even burial he did not have. Shalom mesadayim. He has not yet died. In this manner, he's not from the dead nor from the living. But rather, he will continue and be prolonged in the status of viewing his life here as days of suffering that are not days of living. The fleeting moments of satisfaction and pleasure that he does experience, if that's his whole sense of value and worth, so he's, he's not even uh, experiencing burial in the sense that he's, he's not living and he's not, he's not dead. He's, he's living a life of suffering that has some glimmers of enjoyment, but he's, he's not relating to his existence in a, in a good way, in a, in a way that he's going to actually be living through the gifts that he has. The Talmud Chachma says, Im yolid ish mea, Amar re'ei gurius malas osher. See 
the advantage of wealth for what it is, Shafiluya Kol Hatovos Hagufnius, the Ribui Kulam, even if he has all the the goods, the physical bounties of all these gifts, Vahainu Bnei Chayomzoni, family, children, health and sustenance, Kemo Shachoshef Shiolibmeya. This is uh, the, the dream to have a hundred descendants, Vishonim Rabos Yechia, live for many years. Virav Shayu Yimei Shana, as much as shall be the days of his life, Shakoy Yimei Bana Shana, Lo Yavro Alav, Shum Tsara Vira, that his days will pass in tranquility, without, any, without suffering or evil. Rak Haya Tamid Bechashiva Sugdol, always in a state of honor and glory. Venafsho and his soul, Lo Sisba, will not be satisfied. Kiloma, Im Lo Yasbias Nafsho, Shelo Ovid Kol Ma Debol Mevet. If he did not accomplish for his soul everything that could have been done, Kol She'ena Yotze Chovaso, anybody who's not brought out his potential to fulfill his obligation, he, every person is brought into this world to do something, and he has not done that. He's lived a comfortable life. He's been a beneficiary of many gifts, but if he doesn't do what he was supposed to do, he has not fulfilled his obligation. And he will need to roll, as it were, into a new life. He'll have to be reincarnated. If a person is able to achieve his purpose, then there will be no need to be reincarnated. Huginiz also, Litzarcho. And then, when his body does get buried, it will be buried for his needs. Litzarch Neshmaso, and the needs of his soul. Lokum Be'ez Hatriya. That body that was his partner in actualizing his purpose will come up and be revivified by Tchiyas HaMesim, by the resurrection of the dead. Masha'en came. This is not so. Kishut Sarach Lizgalga. A person needs to be reincarnated because in spite of all the gifts he had, and pleasantness and blessings, if he didn't do what he was supposed to do, he will have to come back. That body will not be buried for this soul's needs. Rack, it's, it's benefiting the worms, maggots. They will consume this body. That's who benefits from this body. For the soul will come up in a different body at the time of the resurrection of the dead. 
Kimavur betikunim tikun abayim. As explained in Tikun Ezar, in the 40th tikun, Lozeh Omar vigam kvura lo haisalo. And this is the idea of the verse that even a burial he didn't have, Kilomar litzorcho. What he means to say, King Solomon is saying that he doesn't have the burial for himself. Even if ultimately his soul is brought back into the world and fulfills its purpose, the previous body will not have been actually for the soul. This is, you don't have a worse evil than that. Therefore, King Solomon declares, better than him is the stillborn. See the Medrash. Going back to the first Pasik. There is an evil that I have seen under the sun. What is the evil that I have seen under the sun? Very broad observation. This is the thoughts of the deceivers. Kigon, he has a whole slew of cases of people engaged in fraud. Ma'arev, ma'am, b'yayin, they mix water to cut the wine and sell it as wine. May b'lakio b'shemen, to cut the oil, it's not pure olive oil. Also, a common deception Till our own times. Emois, Bidvash, we also have fake honey out there. That the honey is cut with a cheaper form of syrup. Chalev Chamor, Biktaf, adding in donkey milk, Komos Bimor, using a substitute spice. To increase the, the weight and sell it as the more expensive rare spice, alagifonim bifilion, sikra betsir, kashinim bepilpilin, all sorts of forms of fraud. The deception can take the form of faulty weights and measures. Valkulon. Concerning all various forms of fraud. Omar Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Oy li im Omar, oy li im Lomar. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai says, Woe to me if I disclose the fraud. Woe to me if I don't disclose the fraud. Im Omar. If I do disclose the fraud, Shema yilmadu haramoin. Maybe those that are interested in being fraudsters will get a nice education from my exposition. I'm exposing a fraud and say, oh, that's a great idea. I didn't think of that. I should do that. So Rabbi Yochanan wants to have no part of that. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Im lo omar, but if I don't disclose the fraud, shema yomru haramayin, ein talmide chachomim bekiin v'masiyadeinu. The fraudsters who are aware of how to practice their trade 
might be smug thinking that the Torah scholars are not aware of our tricks. Sof Sof Amru, at the end, he decided to say, Ki Hashem The pathways of God are straight, and the righteous will go on them. Meaning, if a person is on the right path, he will listen to the shear of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, and although, in theory, it could be used destructively to perpetrate a fraud, he felt that the pathways of God are righteous, and those who... The pathways are straight, and those who are righteous will go on them and will be true beneficiaries. God forbid, those who are inclined towards evil can distort and utilize to commit fraud, even though it's the same shear. He's saying the same words, and it depends on who's listening. But he didn't hold back from sharing something that entails risk. This is an idea of an evil that King Solomon has seen under the sun. The evil to distort and to, to commit fraud, the thoughts of those that are consumed with how to engage in fraud, this is a, a widespread evil, if you will, in spite of the fact that the pathways of Hashem are straight. But a person has to be a tzaddik in order to go forth properly on the right path. And in fact, we are told, Gemara Chulun says, if somebody has a student, they should be careful not to teach the student Torah if they are eno hogum, if they're not worthy. If the student's heart isn't the wrong place, so the teaching can be a power that is used for evil. It's important to make sure that the person that is being taught is a viable vessel for that power of the teaching.